If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is all revved up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, I'm here with John McMillan. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. How are you this week? I'm doing very well. I understand there's a little bit of a fire out there with a snow fire. Uh, yeah, we are uh, seeing a little of the remnants of it, but I will tell you that uh, today in the Coachella Valley is about the bluest the skies have been and the clearest the mountains have been in uh, over a week now. And we don't have any of that real orange haze. There's a bit of a haze, uh, but the um, Snow Creek fire is not uh, having a huge impact on air quality, uh, at least as much as the eye can see today. Well, that that's good. Air quality is important, especially in the valley and in Southern California, where we've had a traditional problem with it. Uh, so as uh, cars get cleaner, so does our air. Well, that's a good thing, my friend. So let's start with the, with the end of an era. Uh, the California Highway Patrol has retired its last two Ford Crown Victoria police interceptors. Good. No more. Uh, Their retirement took place on September 1st. Uh, It was a good long run. They had it from 1996 to 2012. The police interceptor was the only vehicle the CHP purchased as its regular patrol vehicle. Uh, Some of the P-71s are still in some fleets like Santa Barbara uh, City and County have them. And there's a couple of others that are still running some, but uh, the CHP itself, it's retired. They've moved on to the Ford Explorers, and they also have some uh, V6-powered Dodge Dodge Chargers uh, in their fleet. Uh, But the Chevy Tahoe is there also, uh, their new uh, uh, fleet vehicle, so they've added that as well. They haven't gone to uh, any one particular one now. They've loved the Explorer because, you know, they they love those SUVs, uh, but they haven't gone to one particular one like they did with the Crown Vicky. So it is gone. Good riddance. Sorry. (laughs) We we won't miss it, I don't think, too much. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Jeep had an announcement for the upcoming 2021 uh, Wrangler 4XE. I love the name, 4XE, which is a plug-in hybrid. Uh, Jeep has announced that it plans on building solar-powered charging stations in off-road trails in California and Utah. Utah. Locations will include the Rubicon Springs uh, with the halfway point between uh, of the famous Rubicon Trail, uh, as well as selected trails in Moab, Utah, which is also a really popular uh, location for uh, the Jeep Jamboree. And they have their uh, annual Easter Safari there. Not this year, but in normal years, that's where they have it. Uh, With 25 miles of all-electric range, the the Wrangler 4XE should be able to complete many of the trails with fully charged electric packs. Uh, The Rubicon Trail is only 22 miles long, and a Wrangler XE uh, covered it entirely on electric power with no issues, according to a Jeep spokesman. Uh, The charging stations would likely be what we call level two, which is the kind that you would put in maybe at your home, like like a plug-in for your dryer. You know, that, that kind of uh, like 240 volt type of thing. It wouldn't be like the superchargers that you have uh, for the super fast charging like Tesla has or Electrify America is building. Uh, so that's a positive thing, but it's, it's a, it, there's small steps. But yeah. the uh, 
Wrangler XE 4XE is coming soon. A plug-in Wrangler. Just what we needed. Well, not bad, though. No. Um, Maserati took the wraps off its all-new MC20 supercar. Uh, that is the halo car to lead the rebirth of the Italian brand, which is owned by FCA, Fiat Chrysler. Uh, it's a beautiful two-seat coupe uh, powered by an all-new three-liter twin-turbo twin-spark V6, making 612 horsepower and 538 pound-feet of torque. They even named the new engine Nettuno. Neptuno, which is Italian for Neptune. And as you know, the Maserati logo is Neptune's Trident. Uh, power is sent to the rear wheels through a dual-clutch 8-speed automatic. Maserati says that it can hit 60 miles per hour in 2.9 seconds and 100 miles per hour in 8.8 seconds, which is definitely supercar territory. Uh, it will spawn a convertible uh, motorsport version and an electric one as well. Uh, prices should start from around two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and arrive in Q two of twenty twenty one. So I know you're placing your order now immediately for that, aren't you? Oh, you know it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like all these other ones. Um, let's see. Volkswagen has started to tease its new baby SUV. It's going to be called the Talus. A Talus after the uh, town and uh, city in New Mexico. Uh, it's taller. It's I mean, it's smaller than the Tiguan, which is currently the smallest SUV that VW sells in the United States. Um, I guess it will be about the size of the Audi uh, A3, probably in that in that range. It'll probably get a two-liter inline four-cylinder engine with an eight-speed automatic, which is what they're using in most of these cars right now. It's also possible that it could get a 1.8-liter, I mean a 1.4-liter engine from the all-new Golf, which we have yet to see in the United States. Uh, but front drive will be standard, all-wheel drive will be optional, as you'd expect. Uh, the F the SUV will be revealed on October 12th, again virtually ahead of sales uh, in the second half of 2021. It'll be built in VW's Mexico plant. So expect it to be in the low $20,000 range. And what's what's life without another SUV? I don't know. I mean, you know, you've got to have another one. Not not normal. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we in the United States love our SUVs. Um, Nissan has hit a milestone with its pioneering Leaf electric car. It's been on the market now for 10 years and covers two generations. Uh, the company has now sold more than 500,000 units. Uh, that's a big deal in the EV market, although it's obvious that Tesla will easily surpass uh, that uh, milestone with both the Model Y and the Model 3. And Tesla's planning on building 500,000 units this year alone. So uh, the Leaf is getting eclipsed fairly quickly. Uh, McLaren, the, the British sports car company that makes some of the most appealing and uh, compelling sports cars on the planet, is hurting for cash. Pandemic has hit them hard. Sales are way down, more than 50% during the first half of the year. In May, it laid off 1,200 workers. It then secured a $185 million loan from their friends at the Bank of Bahrain. And it's uh, even considering selling a small stake in its storied Formula One racing team. Uh, but now they're selling their working, that's the name of the town, Working England. Uh, they're selling their headquarters, which is a really an amazing complex i mean they spent a fortune building out this futuristic looking thing uh the the entire complex really if you look at it uh, and it, you know from pictures on the internet uh, internet uh, you'll see that it's really a work of art so mclaren is asking 250 million for it and they intend to lease it back from the buyer so far no rich enthusiasts have stepped forward with the check uh but 
it's a sign of the times that that's what they're going to do. Though, McLaren selling their headquarters so they can lease it back. Basically, it's a it's a uh, financing tool. Uh, now we know the Jeep is willing to drop a 450 uh, horsepower 6.4 liter V8 into the Wrangler, and that's coming probably within a year. But Ford says that it's uh, not going to drop a big V8 into its just announced Bronco. Uh, Ford won't deny the future plans to make a performance version of the Bronco, but it's far more likely that it will be uh, that it will get the 400 horsepower 3 liter uh, twin turbo V6 EcoBoost that's currently powering. Uh, the Explorer XT. Uh, the question is, what will Ford call it? Which is, you know, are they going to call it a Raptor? Uh, but uh, I, the the other one that they're going for is Warthog. Now that's an interesting name, the Ford Bronco Warthog. What do you think of that one? It, it sounds ugly. It does sound ugly, but apparently it's it's uh, uh, out out polling Raptor two to one on the internet. <laughs> So there's a, so so there you have it. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting, but I mean I don't know why they were they're, why they're doing it. Um, uh, you know, GM previously is working on a new electric truck for its a GMC division that will carry the name Hummer by GMC. Uh, there have been teaser shots of it, and most recently there was a a gif of the uh, front and back left wheels taking the truck sideways in a sand with a crab at the bottom of the picture with the caption crab mode. So I guess it's going to have crab mode on the truck where you can literally almost go sideways in it. Weird. Weird it is, but, uh, I, you know, it's, you got to have some trick to sell it. Um, we now learn that GMC wants to keep up with the, with the Rivian, uh, which is, uh, will not be, uh, and it won't be here till uh, 2022 for the GMC Hummer. Uh, they're, you know, for the truck, but they're now also going to make a, uh, a GMC Hummer EV SUV, not just an SUT. The truck is one thing. Now they want to make an SUV like the Rivian is going to make a pickup truck and an SUV. So uh, they're they're climbing on that bandwagon. Uh, it's going to be on uh, using GM's Ultium propulsion system, which is also called the BEV, Battery Electric Vehicle 3 underpinnings. Uh, because the SUT and SUV are body-on-frame construction, uh, the platform is different from the ones that will all be using unibodies, uh, like in their upcoming Cadillac Lyric. All of GM's new electric vehicles will be using its proprietary Altium batteries, uh, which will be manufactured at a new facility that GM and LG Chem are building just outside Lordstown, Ohio. Um, we haven't seen the Altium battery yet. We've been hearing all about how it's going to be so great and have such range and everything else. But uh, GM is very, very good on talk, and we're still a couple of years away from them showing us anything. They haven't even built the battery factory yet, so I, I don't know how that's going to work for them. Uh, and we, last week we talked about um, my friends at uh, Nikola Motors, which is the ones that are building these uh, the, the Badger, which is a hydrogen and uh, battery-powered pickup truck, and GM is going to be doing all the work. Uh, they got called out by short sellers for uh, fraudulently showing the trucks as working trucks, and they were not working trucks. They admitted to pushing it down a hill to show it working. This is huh. their big, their, their, their big, they admitted it. They said, well, we didn't say that that was the working truck, just said that we had one that would work. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so they've admitted to most of the fraud, basically, uh, that, that they don't have the, but uh, the stock has not tanked as much as I would think. But 
you know, if they're going to be using all of GM's, if, if Nikola's big claim to fame was that they had this super efficient, uh, very, very cost effective battery and they had the best hydrogen technology, hydrogen fuel cell technology out there. But if you're going to be using General Motors technology, which General Motors has been doing these kinds of things, including, uh, you know, fuel cells for years, if you're going to be using their technology then what ha- what about your technology you you know that was the whole point just because you can you know use an inter- you know program an infotainment system doesn't mean that you know anything about the actual propulsion system so it, it looks like they're probably going to tank as one of the biggest frauds that we're going to see in a long time uh, it just it's just a matter of time i think before it goes down at least that's what it appears from all the reports and i've been seeing you know three youtube videos a day about how they're going to tank so <laughs> So the claws are out for this particular one. There you have it. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, we've got some more news coming up. And I also have an interesting uh, thing about uh, crash test cars. And, you know, they don't really crash test all of them. Did you know that? So we're going to talk about that when we get back. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, all revved up on iHub Radio. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, sir. We're live on Facebook now, aren't we? We are. And people can still call us in, I think. They can at uh, 760-544-8255. Text messages to 760-699-0202. All the information is at the top of the iHubRadio.com homepage. 
great. I hope we have some people on Facebook to check us out as well and see the broadcast because we're going to put up the, the – uh, when we do bring a trailer next hour, we're going to put up the cars that we're going to look at, I think, so we, that people can see them. We are. You'll be able to see them there. And, yeah, we have some people watching. And uh, we welcome folks if they don't know about the Facebook Live uh, feed of the show. We've added an addition to our audio feed at iHubRadio.com and on TuneIn. We have added video so you can watch the show, although Todd is kind of stationary with his grin because <laughs> he's not in studio with us. And uh, uh, if you want to um, participate in the video, you can definitely click on that and watch it if you have a Facebook account. Uh, Facebook Live is broadcast with iHub programming by going to the facebook.com slash iHub radio page. And uh, there you can you can watch us, but you got to have a Facebook account. We're going to be adding uh, YouTube here very soon too. Terrific! Uh, YouTube is always a good me- medium. I watch a lot of it. Um, I wanted to just bring up before I go to this article about cars that are not crashed. Uh, Tesla has a new way to do test drives, and I think you'll like this. Uh, the car will have a QR code on uh, the driver's side window. Uh, what you do is you scan the QR code. Uh, and it takes you to a little form where you fill it out, your name and you know your driver's license number. Uh, probably they'll ask you about insurance and a couple of other things. Uh, it takes uh, two or three minutes, and then Tesla approves you for a test drive. Uh, what the, then the car will be unlocked remotely, and you'll be able to get in and drive it for 30 minutes. Uh, and uh, then you bring it back, and it uh, you don't have to have the key or anything else, but you can drive it that way without anybody being there, and if you want to, you can have them call you or whatever else. The car will have will include an N95 mask inside, and it will have sanitizing wipes for you as well. So wow. that's their t- touchless program. They've just started it in. Now, these are interesting locations, but Chico, Calif- Chico Elk Grove, and Stockton, California. So that's where they're testing it right now. Huh. I think it's an interesting program. It's certainly better than talking to a salesman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that sometimes gets this. Salesmen you know. might, might get their feelings hurt by your saying that, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, Tesla doesn't get it. You know, the, there's no commission. They, they they sell directly to you, so there's not, you know, there's not the middleman. So I think that there's a difference there. Right. Um, did, and I found this as an interesting thing that I found this on Com- Consumer Reports. Some cars will never be crash tested, leaving consumers in the dark is the article I found. And it says, like, you know, this is, for example, the Jaguar F-Pace, the Land Rover Discovery, and the Porsche Macan are all really comfortable, popular SUVs with lots of technology and all the trimmings and you can easily compare them on websites you know they're uh, zero to 60 their fuel economy cargo capacity but when it comes to safety consumers are left in the dark uh, and as to how they would uh, hold up in crash tests that's because these vehicles have no publicly available crash test ratings so nearly half a million wait how did they get away with that how did they get away uh, because as long as it's done privately, and, it, and it, I guess they let them say, okay, it passes what we, you know, the, the standards, but they're not publicly tested, and they can get away with it apparently, huh. uh, as long as you submit the data to, you know, to the government, but it's not published data. So okay. it's nearly half a million passenger cars and SUVs each year 
are sold that have not been crash test rated uh, by either the uh, Federal uh, National Highway Transportation, uh, ha- Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Um, most of the vehicles are without ratings are low-volume models, sports cars, luxury vehicles, or large vans. And let me give you an example of uh, the ones that aren't without ratings. Here we go. The Cadillac CT6, uh, the Kia K900, BMW 7 Series, Maseratis or Alphas, Fiat 500L. They're not tested. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a bunch that aren't. And there's uh, I have a whole listing of them. And when we come back, I'll read some of them to you and how many of them are actually sold. Uh, This is Todd Bianco. I'm John McMullen, all revved up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. Todd Bianco, talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. And John, before the break, we were talking about cars that were not crash tested that are actually fairly popular. I see quite a few of them uh, around uh, you know, Southern California for sure. Uh, you know, and, and I guess the only way you can get some sort of idea how they perform is the... Now, the IIHS has driver fatality rates listed by the car. So that, I guess you can look at, but it's not, those aren't crash test ratings, but at least you can get an idea of, uh, you know, whether there's a lot of deaths in the car. That's kind of morbid. But uh, this is, this is like what I didn't realize here is that how many really aren't. All Land Rover vehicles are not tested. All of them. And last year, there were 94,000 of them sold. All Porsche vehicles are not tested. All of them, not a single one. And 61,000 of those were sold last year. All Jaguar vehicles are not tested. And they sold a whopping 31,000, which isn't very high. Uh, The Lexus GX, which is the Lexus really nicer, much nicer version of the Toyota 4Runner. Uh, They sold 25,000 of those last year, and that was not tested. Although it's similar to the 4Runner, it's not the same. So, you know, the the, the crash test ratings may be similar, but we really don't know. Uh, The Mercedes-Benz GLS, that would be their large SUV. uh, And that one, they sold 22,000 of those not tested. The Mercedes-Benz GLA, which is their smallest SUV, again, 22,000 of those and not tested. Uh, the BMW X7, which is that gigantic, uh, their new uh, full-size SUV with that gigantic grille, 21,000 of those, not tested. BMW 4 Series, which is usually the two-door, uh, three, that's what they call the two-door three series these days, 18,000 of those, not tested. No Chevy Corvette is tested. Uh, no Mercedes-Benz A-Class is tested. 
no Mercedes-Benz S-Classes tested, even though that's their flagship uh, you know, model and is probably pretty safe. But since they only sell you know, 12,000 of them or so a year, and probably half of them in California, uh, they, you know, they're not tested. Uh, their Mercedes-Benz CLA, which is uh, the coupe-like version of it, uh, is not tested. And uh, let's see. Uh, what else have we got here? The um, Honda Clarity is not tested. Uh, let's see. And the Toyota Sequoia, which is Toyota's largest SUV, it is not tested. Uh, and neither is any Mazda Miata. Not tested at all. So there you have it. There's a lot of cars that I recognize for you know quite a few of them uh, here Uh and, uh, you know, it's uh, – I'm just surprised that this many are not tested. So uh, I'm, I'm just sort of shocked about these things. Uh, it's just, you know, we see a lot of these cars, and I think most people just assume they're crash-tested. Didn't you just assume all models are crash-tested, John? Uh, I did. I figured the manufacturers were required to do it with every single uh, – with every single model of car that goes off right. the factory floor. And they do, but not all of them are tested by these agencies, so there's no published ratings. Well, it you seems know, to me we they, need you know, they to crash fix that. test them, you know, in their own facilities and they crash test them digitally these days. And uh, but those are not published ratings. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they they they, they have all of the you know, they have all of the, the safety equipment that's required, all of the airbags, and oftentimes, you know, much more than required. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's wrong, I, but I, I just was surprised that so many of these are not. Again, you're not buying an unsafe car, but you're not buying a car that's been, you know, been tested, and there may be vulnerabilities, you know, on a side impact or, you know, rear crash. I, you know, you just don't know what it is. Right. Uh, but they're... You know, there's a possibility that, that your car has not been properly tested and that you really don't have access to the information that you really should have if you're buying a new car. Never would have thought that that was the case. Yep, I would not have either. So I thought that was an interesting article I wanted to bring up for us. Um, I have a little more news. Uh, Tesla has begun con construction of the largest supercharger station in the world. It's located in, and, you know, drum roll because I have no idea. I had to look it up. Have you ever heard of Firebaugh, California? Firebaugh? Firebaugh. F-I-R-E-B-A-U-G-H. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to look it up. I had no it, idea. It's funny because just um, the other day I told some people as we were talking about um, these wildfires and how they get named for the little nooks and crannies of California that they're in. And I said, right. you know, if it weren't for wildfires, I wouldn't have as good of an education on geography in California because I find out about all these places I never knew existed. I, me either. I mean, is I had no idea some of these ones that they name because that's where they started these little little areas. Yeah. So Fire Firebaugh, California, and it is right. What they're going to have is they're going to have fifty six stalls, fifty six superchargers. Uh, all lined up, and they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to uh, have. A, they're going to have a restaurant, and they're going to have a convenience store as well. So it's located on. Um, let's see, where is it? It's it's northwest of Fresno. 
It's on State Route 33, and it's about halfway between Interstate 5 and Highway 99. So, you know, it's sort of that north-south corridor halfway between. I guess what they're thinking is that people who are driving, you know, the length of California, that this, you know, that they could, you know, either whether you're driving the 5 or the 99, you could, you know, take a quick jog over to this particular one to have a bite to eat and to charge your car up. Hmm. That's not yeah, a bad idea. Just, you know, who knew, right? Yeah. Uh, Volkswagen is looking to dump Bugatti, which poor Bugatti. What do you do, right? Is that uh, like an Italian uh, biscuit or something? Um, no, Bugatti is that sports car company that's based in France. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm um, sorry. I think I had it mixed up with biscotti or something. Yeah, Biscotti. Yeah, but uh, so Bugatti really, I don't think it's ever made money, and it's it, it, you know they're they're very expensive. You know, they start you know with the, you know in the million dollar you know one two three four million dollar range, and they run a W sixteen engine, which is two W eights uh, mated together, uh, and they suck gas like there's no tomorrow. But what do they want to do with it? They don't really want to sell it because nobody's going to buy it. So they're going. They want to swap it. With to get some shares of Rimic, uh, which is Rimic is the um, Croatian uh, electric supercar maker. Now they make absolutely fantastic uh, electric sports cars. Uh, they're sort of like I don't know this guy. His name is Mate Rimic, and he's the Croatian guy who's you know uh, making these you know amazing creations. He knows batteries. He knows inverters. He knows all you know. He's he's extremely good at what he wants. And what they want to do is they run around basically give it to him in exchange for Porsche, which already owns like ten percent of Rimic, getting a forty nine percent stake in Rimic, so that they can learn more about the technology that Rimic has. And in return, I guess Remick gets Bugatti, which will be sort of a, uh, I don't know what you'd do with it, but I guess what they would do is they, they assume that he would electrify it so that you would have an electric Bugatti as opposed to, you know, the gas guzzler that's there now. Uh, but uh, that that's, I think, what they want to do is they want to basically give it to him in order for him to electrify it. And then so they can get access or at least have Porsche, uh, which is part of the Volkswagen Group, to get access to it. Um, so I think that's an interesting little swap. I don't know if it's going to happen, but the rumors are all over the internet that that's the case. So, um, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's a very, I I thought that was an interesting little, you know, like how do we get rid of this, you know, vanity project that was bought, you know, 10 or 15 years ago by the former chairman and now, uh, is basically, you know, sucking, uh, cash out of the, out of the company. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just they, you know, they, they want to save face and this might be a way to do it. And, you know, if Rimmick just takes it over and electrifies it, then it will be, a, a, you know, a completely different car. And I think that's what they're going for. And in exchange, you know, Porsche gets the, some of their technology. Uh, and the, by the way, he's all Rim, mate. His name is mate. M-A-T-E Rimmick. R-A-M-A-C. Mate, and he's like the gray mate. Mate. His name is May to Rimmick, and, and he's considered the uh, Elon Musk of Europe. Huh. No. Let me see your wallet, I've seen, mate. I've, <laughs> I've seen him interviewed. He's very interesting. Yeah, I bet he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he, it was uh, about five years ago or so. He, uh, one of the, uh, the old British Top Gear, uh, they were driving one of his cars, and Richard Hammond, flew off the course i mean flew that car just soared right off the off the uh 
off the street into this valley. And they thought the guy was going to die. I mean, he was really, really, you know, broken bones and, you know, lacerations and head injuries. And he, you know, he came out of it. But uh, it was because he was driving the, the Rimmick just a tad too fast. Oh, yeah. Mm, boo-hoo. Uh, General Motors has announced this week that it's making um, basically what they call Ultium drive. Now, Ultium was the name of their battery. But what they're going to do is they're going to apply it to uh, the name of a components, which will consist of five interchangeable drive units, three motors, uh, allowing for a wide range of power outputs with front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive available. And it's mated to their batteries uh, and their inverters and their control systems. And so that it will be able to be like plug-and-play to all the various EVs that GM says they have coming up. And they liken it to the time when General Motors, you know how they had like one engine that they plunked in every vehicle? You know, there was one, you know, the, the same thing was in the Buick, that was in the Pontiac, that was in the Chevy, and then they were just tuned differently. And that's essentially what they're talking about here is they're going to have a, you know, a family of these uh, electric engines and drive units that are going to be, uh, swapped between the different products and the different brands of General Motors, hmm. so that's a it's an, it's an it's an interesting thing. The first uh, the first car that or the first truck will get it will be the 2022 GMC Hummer uh, by uh, and they're going to have the motors will range uh, from 235 horsepower to 1,000 horsepower. Wait, so now a Hummer they, is branded as a GMC? Yes, it's going to be a yeah. They're not going to they're not bringing back the actual separate brand. It's going to be the 2022 GMC Hummer or Hummer by GMC, I guess is what they're actually saying on the grill. Oh brother. I wish they'd just get rid of them all. I think they're ugly. I, I know, sin. but I guess people, people recognize it. So they thought they would bring it back and the top of the line version is going to have a thousand horsepower. And they say, I'll believe it when I see it, that it would have a 400 mile range with a gigantic, uh, 200 kilowatt hour battery. Now to, 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 uh, to compare that, the largest battery in a Tesla, the Model S and the Model X, is a 100-kilowatt-hour battery. And a 200-kilowatt-hour battery is a heavy monster. I mean, that's really heavy. But I guess if you're putting it in a gigantic heavy pickup truck, it, it works and you also need it in order to drive that truck as fast, you know, because it's heavy. Uh, we've got a little more news when we get back. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, all revved up on iHub Radio. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. 
Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hi, Todd. Uh, you know, we, I didn't get around to it last week, and I wanted to tr- do it this week. That the, you know, Ford has a new F-150 coming out very soon, and as you know, the F-150 is the money maker, the franchise for Ford. So they what sell you're million, saying, million of these a year. So what you're saying is that Ford has a better idea. <laughs> not necessarily. Not, well, they have some interesting ideas. Let's put it that way. That I think are going to be. Uh, I think the new. You know, this is a very popular truck. I think that these features will be popular. So let's start with this. They're going to have a hybrid version. So it will be the only truck that offers a fully hybridized powertrain. Uh, and it's uh, not simply there to protect a you know warm fuzzy you know project a warm fuzzy image. This hybrid, which is dubbed Power Boost, can work. Ford claims that the pickups can tow up to 12,000 pounds, uh, nearly today's class-leading 13,000 uh, and change figure uh, hybrid or otherwise. When not a, you know when not aiding, it has a three it has a 3.5 liter V6 engine, um, moved from heaven to earth. The Power Boost 40 the power boost 47 horsepower electric motor which is built into the transmission delivers up to 700 miles of range on a single tank of fuel while augmenting engine response and low rpm torque so i think it's going to be attractive to tuck truck buyers who want to have longer range and towing capabilities and what kind of price range are we talking about uh they haven't said but i'm sure that's in starting in the 50s god it just blows my mind that a truck can cost that much money. And I know I see these these pickup trucks anymore, and I see sometimes price tags on them, 75, 80 grand. And I, it just blows me away. I think about how my parents bought a house for that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, my parents bought, paid less. I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's amazing how much these things cost. Okay, now something that's also new is what they have. Uh, it's called um, Pro Power. Uh, it's not the same thing as power boost, but what it is, is it's an optional feature that adds a 2.0 kilowatt power outlet that can power accessories such as a TV, a mini fridge, a circular saw, a hair dryer, and other small tools and appliances. Whether you're looking to tailgate or, uh, you know, build a gate uh, with the new, uh, the new F-150, you've got power that you can plug in and the plugs are in the bed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. You can get this whole thing. If you pair it with the power boost powertrain, the pro power option, uh, ups its standard, uh, output to 2.4 kilowatt hours and an optional 7.2 kilowatt output is offered too. outlets in the cabin and in the bed allow you to power your accessories. There are up to four. 120 volt 20 amp outlets <laughs> but if you know if you have the 7.2 kilowatt hour option uh a, you can plug a 240 volt 30 amp outlet into the bed as well well you uh, know you, how i you, like you know how i like parades or like to talk about them and vehicles yes. that are made for parades this would be great because then you can just plug the christmas lights in right in the bed of the truck and get it together oh this will power the snow machine not just the right? christmas lights yeah. Cool. So I, th- I think that's uh, that's interesting. But it runs on basically the the, the gas engine uh, runs like a generator to do all this. Uh, front seats that nearly fold flat. Uh, so that's an interesting one. Uh, so you can literally sleep. It's called max recline seat option, and you know basically it turns into a gigantic bed for you to sleep. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the shifter also is, turns into a desk. 
uh, Ford literally uh, integrated its own workspace into the F-150 cabin. Available in models that have either a bench seat or a center console, the shifter literally folds out of the way for, uh, you know, so you can put in it what comes out of the center console is like a little desk. And it's flat, and you know, because you don't have the shifter in the way, you have a gigantic work service for laptop computers and for writing invoices and that kind of thing. I'll bet you that there's going to be an increase in interest for those vehicles by, I don't know, high school and college students. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Uh, there's, t- there, you, then there's tons of personalization for it too. Uh, you know, people like to have their own, so their own, you know, version of it. So you have not one, not two, but 11 different grill options to choose from. <laughs> there are also a number of new decals you can apply to the tailgate for an even more unique look. Uh, the F-150 has more than 15 color options and at least eight different wheels to choose from. So, so like you can have a, ready. do not disturb me if the windows are fogged. I'm not quite sure it has that one, but you could probably get one of those made. Uh, it has a digital uh, uh, owner's manual uh, because – and it would be right on this gigantic infotainment. There's either an 8-inch or a 12-inch infotainment screen because it's 1,000 pages long. 1,000? 1,000 pages, yes. 1,000 pages version. long? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so – you can you can do a lot of lighting too. The new F one fifty will have an option that Ford calls zone lighting. Essentially, it allows you to pick a to pick which lights to turn on or off in the Ford in in the cabin and in its bed, giving you choices between everything on and everything off. It's going to turn off. It's going to individual if, sections. So if you're sleeping, you you know you can have your dark side. This maybe they should call this edition of the vehicle a uh, the. The War and Peace edition. <laughs> it might be not a bad idea. Uh, it also will have active driver assist. Uh, Ford says that the F-150 is the only pickup truck on the market to offer active driver assist. That means the big Ford will allow hands-free driving on more than 100,000 miles of paved roads throughout the, all 50 states in Canada. The only problem is you're going to have to wait for a while to use the hands-free system. Uh, there, you know, There's what Ford calls an active drive prep kit that contains all the necessary hardware for hands uh, for hands-free driving uh, it'll be eventually turned on by uh, a software update like Tesla does and it's going to be very secure uh, it, it has it has all these uh, you know locking features and uh, cubbies so you can hide cameras and you know like the seats flip up and there's locking things in the floor and then there's locking things under the seats it's it's got tons and tons of storage it's really quite amazing how much storage it has now while well, I has, know that you have a you know you have a Tesla so you have a car that gets its software you know downloaded to it and all that I I do still worry about vehicles that they can push software and, and do things and potentially command your car to do certain things uh, that you may not want it to do. That's possible. We really haven't seen much of that yet. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be happening in the future. And by the way, it has all digital dash. Everything is digital from the you know all of the all the uh, instrumentation, and everything else. Well, it's news time. When we get back, <laughs> when we get back, bring a trailer. <laughs> uh, John has some great picks, and so do I. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, all revved up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> 